And uh, I'd like to open the Bible in the book of Luke. Luke chapter 16. Uh, just last Sunday I was in um, Dordrecht and uh, Ben and Felter gave the second talk and uh, he talked about, well, he talked about Luke chapter 15 actually, funny enough, and uh, about the prodigal son. And uh, so uh, anyway, uh, I was reading on a little bit more and I read the other chapter and then I thought, okay, well that's also a really interesting little story as well. Um, so that's why I'm inspired to talk about this uh, in Luke chapter 16. And uh, we'll just quickly read it from verse 1. And uh, and he said unto his disciples, this is Jesus talking there, uh, there was a certain rich man uh, which had a steward, and the same was accused uh, uh, unto him that he had wasted his goods. And he called him and said unto him, uh, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship, uh, for thou mayest be no longer a steward. Then uh, the steward said uh, within himself, so he was talking to himself, which is not always a good thing, What shall I do? For my Lord uh, taketh away uh, from me the stewardship. I uh, cannot dig uh, 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 to beg. I am ashamed. So he, he was still proud. Uh, there was a bit of a problem here. He says, well, I'm not going to beg and I'm not going to go and dig a hole. I'm not going to, I don't know, dig a hole. I don't know why you dig a hole. But anyway, he didn't really want to do that. So in verse 4, I'm uh, uh, resolved that to do, uh, 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 what to do, that uh, when I am uh, put out of the stewardship, they may receive me uh, into their houses. So he says, I'm going to make a plan. Uh, so he called uh, every uh, one of his uh, Lord's debtors unto him and said, uh, Unto the first, how much owest thou, my lord? And uh, he said, uh, a hundred measures of oil. And he said unto him, take thy bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. So he just halved it. And in verse seven, then said uh, he uh, to another, and how much uh, owest thou? And uh, he uh, said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said unto him, take thy bill and write a fourscore, which is basically means uh, 80. So he had a double standard there as well. He said, well, uh, this one I'll half, but the other one, I don't like him as much as the other one, so I'll only, you know, let him have whatever percentage that is. I'll, uh, I'll just let him have 80. Anyway, so he sort of, he was messing about with the standard of his Lord. And uh, the, in verse 8, and the Lord uh, commanded the unjust steward because he had uh, done wisely for the children uh, of this world uh, in their a generation wiser than the children of life. And uh, he said, you know, you're being sneaky. You're setting yourself up uh, in a worldly sense. And in verse 9, I say unto you, make to yourselves friends of the mammon uh, of unrighteousness, uh, that when uh, you fall, uh, fail, they may receive you uh, into uh, everlasting habitations. And in uh, verse uh, 10, he that uh, is faithful in uh, that which is uh, uh, least is faithful also in much, and he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. And in verse eleven, and therefore ye have uh, now, uh, sorry, you have not uh, been uh, faithful in the unrighteous uh, mammon, uh, uh, who uh, will commit to your uh, trust the true riches. So, uh, who's going to give you the true riches, the real? thing that's really important or the 
the thing of great value. And uh, who's going to entrust you with things that are of great value? In verse 12, And if you have not been faithful in that which is uh, an other man's, who shall uh, give you uh, uh, that which is your own? And uh, so you're not going to get what you deserve. And in verse, uh, or what you've earned. And now in verse 13, Now no servant can serve two masters, for either, either he will uh, hate uh, the one and love the other, or else he will uh, hold to the one and despise uh, the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Uh, and that word mammon means uh, yourself, your fleshy self, your riches, uh, and um, all the riches of this world, the things that you place, uh, what you place value on. Uh, sometimes you can have something that's maybe not worth much. Uh, I was watching this uh, program once, and there was this um, uh, older man, and uh, he had a pink Tupperware cup. And he'd had it all his life. His kids had seen it, a pink Tupperware cup. You know those plastic cups with the little lid that you can, that kids used to have at school? I don't know if they, Tupperware still does that. Anyway, he had this pink one, and everybody was picking on him because he had a pink Tupperware cup. Uh, but what happened was his, um, I think his mother gave it to him while he was in Vietnam, in the Vietnam War. And uh, it just meant a heap to him. It gave him happiness. And all the death and destruction, there was this pink cup, you see, which is, you know, probably, it, it made him laugh. It wasn't cool and tough and strong. It should be black or made out of steel or whatever. And uh, it meant something to him. So it's just a piece of plastic, but to him it meant something. Uh, and uh, I want to talk maybe a little bit about what we pl- what do we place our value on? What is for us so incredibly important? What means uh, a lot to us? Uh, what is valuable to us? And um, of course, when we've come to the Lord, and uh, hopefully we all can agree with this, that our walk with the Lord is of great value. But that means more to us than all the riches of this world. That when we uh, were born again and we came out of the waters of baptism uh, and uh, we had that great smile, that we never lose that. That we never lose that experience. And sort of, uh, I remember when um, uh, I was praying for the Holy Spirit. I was only a little kid. I was nine years old. I probably would have been eight because I received when I was no, I was nine years old, nine ten, and uh, and um, I wanted to receive the Holy Spirit, but I also wanted something else of a natural thing. And it was for me, oh, but do I love that more than God? And it was a real battle. I was only a little kid, and it was a battle upstairs, like, whoa, do I want that? But do I really want the Holy Spirit. What do I like more? And I thought, I came to the conclusion I wanted both. <laughs> that was a good compromise on my, my side. But anyway, uh, praise well, Actually, I got both uh, eventually, so it's all good. Uh, but um, just the things that we place value on uh, and uh, our walk in the Lord. And um, uh, yes, uh, on Monday... Uh, there was a baptism in Dordrecht, uh, 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 who is now our sister, uh, who uh, received the Holy Spirit on the, she, and she lives in Rotterdam. But she got in contact with Nettie uh, via telephone and just somehow from one thing came to the other. So she ended up getting baptized in, uh, in, in Dordrecht uh, just this Monday. And uh, uh, it was really good. She came out the baptism tank and she started with hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. So we sang this sort of chorus, of course, out of out of the waters of baptism like three or four times, I think. But anyway, I said, no, we're not going to, you're not getting out of that baptism tank till you receive the Holy Spirit. And uh, anyway, she comes out with you know, dishwashing hands. No, just kidding. But um, 
Anyway, we had a really good prayer and eventually it just went and it's sort of like like a big wall and all of a sudden it just went and out came the Holy Spirit and out came this incredible tongue. And Anyway, she got out of the baptism tank and uh, we were sitting down talking afterwards with Pastor Pete and myself and uh, she was looking, it was like a rabbit was sort of looking at the headlights of a car, just sort of like, whoa, what just happened? <laughs> and uh, I said to her, I said, can I just show you a scripture? So I showed her Mark 16. If you're a new person and you've never read Mark 16, look up the book, Mark, in chapter 16, and you can read from verse 15. And uh, it says, of course, as we know, go into all the world and preach the gospel unto every creature. And then it goes on and talks about the signs. These signs shall follow them that believe. And of course, signs, miracles and wonders and healing and protection of the Lord. And I showed it to her and I read it to her and she read it in Papiaments and I read it in Dutch. And uh, <clears throat> and uh, I said to her, I said, this just happened to you. This is the proof that you are now God's kid. And it was like, wow, yeah, I am. I'm God's little girl now. And uh, that was the moment that it was sort of like, instead of that shock, it was like, yeah, now I've got it. So hallelujah, she's coming Saturday, she said, so praise the Lord, we'll keep praying for her, uh, hopefully she'll get here, and uh, it'll be the start of a great walk with the Lord. And uh, uh, God has uh, given us a responsibility, he's given us something valuable, and uh, when you read this story, it's not, not a hard thing to come to the conclusion that you've got the Lord, you've got the steward, and he wasn't doing his job properly, he was making a compromise. He was saying, oh, oh, well, you know, half of it, it's okay. You can receive the Spirit, but don't worry about the baptism. Or, you know, you can sort of receive the Spirit, get baptized, but you, know, you can do something else. Or you don't worry about this. Or don't worry about walking in the Spirit. Uh, so there's all these compromises. It's not hard to sort of imagine that God is saying, well, I'm sorry, but you're, doing your, you're not doing your job the way you should be. God's standard is the standard. And you can't mess about with it. And that's why this steward got into all sorts of trouble. And uh, so praise the Lord, God has given us a job to do. And uh, I'd like to go to another scripture. Uh, let's go to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. So Jesus entrusted us with these great riches. And what we've got is of such an incredible value. Such an incredible value. There's nothing that can compare to what we've got. There's nothing that even comes close. Now, I want to read in Matthew chapter 13, and we'll read in verse 44. <clears throat> again, the kingdom of heaven. Again, Lord is, uh, Jesus is talking here. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field, uh, uh, field the which uh, when a man hath uh, found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath and buyeth that field. So he's, it's interesting, he's digging around in somebody else's field because it wasn't his and he's digging around and he comes across this incredible treasure and he goes off and he, and he gets rid of everything, sells everything and, uh, and goes and buys that field and it says here there's this incredible joy because of what he's found. Brothers and sisters, it's really important. We never lose our joy. And if we've lost it, keep digging at it till you get it back. And in verse 45, uh, sorry, yeah, 45. Almost said 54. That's Dutch there. Uh, again, the kingdom of heaven is uh, like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. 
uh, who when he had uh, found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. So again, it's about an attitude. It's about what is of value. And these people selling all they have, I don't know what they had. Maybe they were extremely rich. A merchant man is sort of them, you know, buying and selling and buying and selling. Hopefully he's got something uh, to show for all his work. And he sort of gives it all up for that one thing. That one thing. And uh, let's go to another scripture. Well, we're still in Matthew. Let's go to Matthew chapter 19. Let's start with verse 16. So Matthew 19, verse 16. And that's uh, so talking, of course, about the young rich man. And uh, behold, one came and uh, said unto him, Good master, what a good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he, and he sort of starts with a really good question. I want eternal life. And uh, uh, of course, Jesus came with a really good answer in verse 17. And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. And he said uh, unto him, Which, uh, uh, said Jesus, uh, thou shalt do uh, no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not uh, bear false witness, honor thy father, thy mother, and thou uh, shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man said unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What? Lack I yet. In other words, he knew he was still missing something. And how often we hear it in testimonies and in the brothers' and sisters' lives that they say, I was still missing something. I had everything and they're still missing a piece. And we've got it on some of the pamphlets, you know, the, the little photo of the man or picture of the man with a puzzle piece missing. Uh, and uh, it really is like that for some people. And even sometimes when people have got nothing, they're still missing something in their heart. There's something just not quite there. And uh, praise the Lord, verse 21, uh, uh, Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell uh, thou uh, uh, that thou hast, and give uh, to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. He says again, about that priority, sell everything, get rid of it all, and follow me. And we see the reaction of verse 22. But when the young man heard uh, that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And basically he got out the, the scales, the weighing scales, and he thought, ooh, eternal life, ooh, and my stuff. I want my stuff. I love my stuff. I want my fancy stretch camel with five lumps <laughs> you know he sort of he he had value he placed value on something that wasn't eternal which is kind of crazy when you really think about it why would you give up something that's eternal for something that's just gone like that and it can happen it can happen so quickly and um verse 23 then said jesus unto his disciples verily i say unto you that all uh Sorry, a rich man uh, shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't say he won't enter. It just says he will hardly enter. And uh, again, or it will be difficult. And again, I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle, especially if he's got four humps, uh, than uh, for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And um, and the, the reason is, of course, again, what do you place value on? 
What do you place value on? Unfortunately, I've, I've seen it over the years that sometimes people, when they come to the Lord, they had nothing in the world and they had nothing to lose. And then when they come to the Lord, the Lord blesses them and they, oh, they, you know, they, they can sort of get into a house and then they can get into a, a fancy job and, and, you know, it gets blessings. And then all of a sudden, somewhere in a period of time, the blessing became the thing that they worshipped instead of the blesser. I'd lost value, and uh, it's an, it's a it's a trap for people sometimes that they can just sort of get drawn away, uh, and uh, their work can be become their new god or their money, the love of money. Not that money is evil; it's just the love of money is evil. That's what it really says. You don't have to love it. I don't see it long enough to love it anyway, so it doesn't matter. But uh, in verse 25, uh, when his disciples heard it, they uh, were exceedingly amazed, saying, who then can be saved? This is a good question, really. But Jesus uh, beheld them and said unto them, uh, with men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. And it comes back down to trusting the Lord, placing your value again. You know, uh, the Bible, well, when you look at the world now, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm not that old, by the way, just to make that clear, but back in the 80s, there was a guy called Ronald Reagan. Who remembers Ronald Reagan and Margaret Thatcher back in the 80s? And uh, they wanted to bring back old values. Old values. Basically very similar to this. Respect your parents. Uh, go to school. Don't do drugs. And, and it was a real big campaign. And... Oh, maybe it made a bit of difference, but I think when it all sort of blew over and, and the next president came and, and Margaret Thatcher got kicked out and whatever else happened, it all went back to the way it was. It was always going to be under the under the surface, the values, because they were, well, they're called values, but no one really valued them. Funny thing. And uh, if you read in verse 27, uh, Then answered Peter and said unto him, Behold, we have forsaken all and follow thee. Uh, what shall we have therefore? And uh, verse 28, And Jesus said unto them, Verily, or truly, I say unto you, uh, that which, uh, uh, that which ye ha, sorry, that ye which have followed me, okay, and uh, the regeneration, when the Son of Man shall sit in the, uh, the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And uh, every one that hath a forsaken house or brethren, or sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, shall receive a hundredfold, and shall inherit everlasting life. But many that are first shall be last, and the last shall be first. It's interesting here, it's talking about forsaking uh, everything from mother and wife and children. It doesn't mean you've got to get out and get divorced. It's just because, well, God's got to be first. God's got to be first. Um, I've seen it over the years. I grew up in the Lord, so as the most of you would know. And uh, I grew up with a lot of young people, and there's not many left. There's maybe two or three that I can think of that sort of around my generation that are still in the Lord. And it's amazing that a, a, a kid will get the neck and a knot about something or do something silly, and then the pastor says, I'm sorry. And then, and then, the, and then the parents go off. Because they get the neck and the knot. And they think it all, well, it's all too strict. And, oh, 80% would have been okay as well. Or, or 50%. Standard. Let's lower it. 
And uh, no, the Lord first. And if you keep the Lord first, all the other things will fall into place. The Lord can heal your marriage. The Lord can uh, heal the relationship with your children. It's always about what is of the most value. And the most value is your eternal life with the Lord. And you have the greatest chance of helping your children or helping your wife or your parents or your grandparents and, and aunties and uncles and whoever else if you just stick to the standard. Stick to the standard. Be a testimony. Because they've got an eye on you. They're looking at you. Let's, let's organize a party for a Sunday afternoon. Let's see if they turn up. They're out to try and trick you. And if you stick to your guns and no, sorry, but I'll come Saturday or I'll come Sunday night or I'll come Friday. It's not a problem. I'll, I'll bring you a present and give you flowers and gift wrap a Bible for you, whatever, color in all the good scriptures, whatever. But they've got an eye on you. And as soon as you compromise, ha! So make, make your stand. Let them know. Sometimes people will say, oh, it'll never last. And after a few years, uh, well, I said, well, well, it's lasting. I think this is what happened when Bert and Klasha, uh, they were, Bert uh, witnessed to his uh, father, witnessed to him for like 10, 11, something like years. Uh, and then eventually he thought, yeah, I can't fight it anymore. Why? Because the standard was held. The great value, the value for the Lord. Let's go to another scripture. Uh, Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3 and uh, verse 30. 31, verse 31, Mark chapter 3, verse 31. There came then his uh, brethren and said, uh, uh, and his uh, mother and, uh, and standing without, uh, sent unto him, calling him. So his mother and his uh, brothers and uh, sisters, I think as well, just wanted to, you know, have a bit of a chat with Jesus. 32, and the multitude sat about him and they said unto him, behold, thy mother and thy brethren without, uh, without seek for thee. So they're outside and they want to talk to you. 33, and he said, uh, answered them saying, uh, who is my mother or my brethren? And, uh, in verse 34, and he looked around about on them, uh, which uh, sat upon, uh, about him and said, Behold, my mother and my brethren, for whosoever shall do the will of God, the same is my brother and my sister and my mother. And he's saying, This is my family. There's a great chorus I used to always sing. Uh, I love that song. Uh, and they're probably singing it in England more than, uh, we sing it here. We don't sing it all here very often. It's, I love that family of God. Ik hou van dat gezin van God. I haven't sung that for years. Anyway, uh, I love that, that family of God and I, and I love it. And it's the greatest. I was talking to a brother the other day and he, he says whenever he goes to visit his parents and he takes his wife and his kids and it's okay. And I sit down. Well, how's the weather? And how's your job? And uh, how's this? And how's that? And then within five minutes, you're sort of looking at the ceiling and, Thinking, okay, what can I talk about now? Oh, you, you need to paint the ceiling or, you know, you're just sort of lost for words. You don't know what to say anymore. But with your family and the Lord, you never really have anything that you can't talk about. There's always something. Uh, sister uh, uh, sends a, a scripture to me every day. Uh, just a quick scripture. I, I love it. Praise the Lord. I won't look at this person. So I'm just going to look at the ceiling. I hope this person keeps doing that. 
It's good stuff. It's a good way to start the day. You wake up with a song in your heart and then you do your, you open your telephone and there's a great scripture of the day. Not sent to you by some sort of computer in America or something from some Bible app, no, from a sister that's thinking about you. They're saying, hey, I've got a scripture for you. It's brilliant. It's great. It's good stuff. What a great family we have. Um, and it's certainly is something of great value. Let's uh, finish up in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Most of you will know these scriptures. Oh, I love these scriptures. There's a heap of them, of course. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19. Uh, what know ye? Not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have uh, uh, of uh, God, and ye are not your own. You belong to God. He bought you. And he, he paid the price with his son. His son died so that we could have this relationship with each other because we're all spirit, excuse me, because we're all spirit filled. We can have this relationship with the Lord. What an incredible thing. God loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son. What an incredible thing. Someone had to die so you could have this relationship with your brother, your sister, and you can have a relationship with God. It might not always be a fantastic relationship. Every now and again, maybe you get a bit, a bit tired and you get a bit cranky. Well, hallelujah. Love them anyway. Because, well, the Lord bought them with a great price, just like they bought you with a great price. In verse 20, For ye are bought with a, a, a price, uh, therefore glory God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You're completely of the Lord. And you can just rejoice in the Lord. Why? Because there's a, well, we found something of great value and we're going to go somewhere that's better than this world. Another chorus I, I love singing, I, um, <clears throat> became a bit of a favorite of mine, um, was heaven is better than this. Heaven is better than this. Every now and again you have a bad day. I had a, I went to Africa once, once. And I'm sort of healed of the whole bug to go to Africa. Uh, and, uh, cause, uh, anyway, and I came back and someone said, oh, what's your favorite song? Well, would you like to sing a chorus? And I said, heaven is better than this. Because the world is just this horrible place. Mankind is just totally wrecked. God made a beautiful place, but mankind has made a mess of it. And why would you want all the riches of this world and still be stuck here and then die here? when there's something so much better. And if you're new today and uh, you're watching, hello, uh, get in contact with your pastor or the nearest uh, uh, fellowship and ask. Maybe someone has talked to you and given you the code to log in. Ask the person, all right, what's it all about? What do I have to do to get that valuable thing? How do I get it? And it's not hard. It doesn't cost you a cent. It's completely free. Anybody ask uh, money for the for something that God's going to give to you? Well, don't trust them. God can give you something. He's already paid the price. And I better leave it there. And all the people said, Amen. Amen.